I'll, I'll start. Uh, let's pray. Let's pray real quick. Father God, we, we again thank you for uh, this time together. We thank you for, uh, you know, just waking us up in the morning. And uh, obviously it, it is somewhat early, but um, we just thank you for Holy Spirit's presence uh, and your guidance and your wisdom and your continuing love for each each of us, Lord God. And and uh, I pray, Lord, that uh, this morning, that uh, as I go through this reflection, that uh, again, you know, um, our hearts would be open and that uh, uh, there would be something, even if it's a little seed that's uh, captured in our hearts, Lord, that we can uh, take away and just uh, know more about who you are and how much you love us and how much you want to, uh, you know, take care of us. And we, we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. All right. Um, okay. How, how many of you like to wait? Are you the kind of person that when ready to check out at Costco, Target, or a supermarket with, where there are many separate cashiers or servers, you look for the shortest line? Do you scan all of the lines to see who has the least amount of groceries so that you can get through the line faster? Or while in traffic, are you the type of person that likes to often change lanes when your car starts to slow down? Recently, we took a long road trip and saw a lot of construction on the highway. Oftentimes, the construction would force us all onto uh, merging into a single lane. And what was quite surprising was the way most of the other drivers reacted when there was a car in front that was traveling exactly the construction zone speed limit. Talk about gnashing of teeth. Everyone behind him was fuming, except for me, of course. And I believe these behaviors typify our human desire to get done quicker or get there faster or just get instantaneous feedback. We live in a world now where instant gratification is needed or even demanded. How much time do you give yourself before following up on an email or a text? Is it okay for a person to wait more than a day to reply back to you? I don't know about you, but I notice these things. For me, and I'm assuming not, not many, if not all of you, the year of 2020 has become the year of waiting, primarily due to coronavirus pandemic. It's been six months since our country went into shutdown. And now we are continuing to wonder when normal life as we knew it will return. Caught in the middle of it all are the demands for social justice reform in our presidential election which continue to create division and animosity in our country. Waiting is the reason I chose Psalm 40 for reflection. It's an odd story. I always remember Psalm 40 because of the rock band U2. Do any of you remember U2? I'm not sure if they're still playing music together or retired, but they produced a song titled Excuse me. <laughs> That's our watchdog. Uh, I'm not sure if you uh, remember you two, 
they produced a song titled 40 as part of their war album released in 1983 when I was in high school. I guess I'm aging myself here. I was attracted to their catchy tunes like Sunday Bloody Sunday and New Year's Day. But they ended this album with 40. This was somewhat of a theme for the band as they ended most of their live concerts with this song. For the Irish band, the war album recognized a very turbulent time for them when the conflicts in Northern Ireland was in full display. Not taking anything away from Black Lives Matter, I think the conflict in Northern Ireland was much more violent and deadly. Reflecting on Psalm 40 this week, I think David wrote this psalm because he was waiting. He was waiting for the Lord to rescue him from the current troubles in his life. And he remembered how God got him through the troubles he had already faced in his life so that he could endure the troubles and he continued to face throughout the course of his life. I can imagine David writing and singing this psalm when he felt the pursuit from Saul during the times when he was in the desert and also when he was trying to figure out how to go back to Israel. I waited patiently. Can, and can many of us say this is true in our lives? What type of person are you? Are you the type of person that likes to wait? Psalm 40 reads as follows in the NIV translation. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. None can compare with you where I speak and tell you of your deeds. They would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles without numbers surround me. My sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head and my heart fails within me. Be pleased to save me, Lord. Come quickly, Lord, to help me. May all of you want to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say to me, aha, aha, be appalled at their own shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. 
May those who long for your saving help always say, the Lord is great. But as for me, I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my help and my deliverer. You are my God. Do not delay. Psalm 40 is a lament psalm with two distinct sections. The first section, verses 1 through 10, starts with David's praise and confidence, describing how God had rescued him from a slimy pit lined with mud and mire. In the second section, verses 11 through 17, David is in another pit, crying out. He's lamenting to the Lord to rescue him from it. David is reminding himself of how God rescued him as he waits for the Lord to do it again. David deals with waiting through his constant problem by remembering and praising God and trusting him for how he was rescued before. The key message here is when you're in a pit, wait intently on the Lord and proclaim his goodness when he answers. I believe the pit here represents our life trials. It's not clear what specific trouble that David was going through, but verse 12 gives clue that it could have been a consequence of David's sin. Also, verses 14 and 15 give indication that David David was being pursued by his enemies, trying to destroy him. The pit of destruction could be itself could be either self-inflicted or incited by others. It can be physical, torment, or psychological and emotional distress. In order to get out of life's troubles, David states emphatically that he waited patiently for the Lord. Reading uh, some of the commentaries and sermons of verse 1, it literally in Hebrew translates as waiting I waited. I don't believe David is waiting here, like waiting in the line at the supermarket. Rather, this is an earnest waiting in constant anticipation and desperation for God to act. Using uh, the many verses in Psalm 40, what can we learn from the nuances of waiting patiently like David? Verse 4 emphasizes that we need to trust in the Lord and his sovereignty. Oftentimes when we're in trouble, the first instinct is to take action into our own hands. But this is when we can make a mess of things. This is very evident with uh, King Saul and David during the summer sermons. So what do we need to wait, waiting for the Lord to act? We uh, wait actively, like Jonah in the belly of the whale, or David seeking forgiveness at the threshing floor after taking census of the fighting men. We turn toward God. We tune our hearts to him with intense expectation for God to act on our behalf. From verses 13 and 17, we also pray. We cry out to the Lord for help. We acknowledge we can get through this without God. without God's presence. We can't get through this without God's presence and intervention. Do we find ourselves crying out to God more intensely when the troubles are more hopeless? Do we go to 
God, when we, the pit is dark, deep, and seemingly inescapable. Verses 4, 5, and 11 show that we have to trust in the Lord and not rely on our own abilities. We acknowledge his sovereignty and his pain for us, plan for us. This is an active statement of confidence that God will deliver us and protect us. Verses 6, 7, and 8, we need to obey. God has impressed upon us his law and his will. More than burnt offerings and sin offerings, God desires an obedient heart willing to do his will. In verse 16, we rejoice in the Lord and remember his goodness. And again and again, when God rescues us from the slimy pit, we sing and rejoice. We don't hold back our thanksgiving to God. Rather, we sing a new song and we speak to others of his love and faithfulness. We want to let everyone know about the goodness of God and how he saves each of us. Jesus told the disciples to expect trials. As Christians, we profess to know Christ, that we want to follow him throughout our life journey. But when trouble comes, this is the time when we are most vulnerable to either cling on to Christ for dear life or stumble and fall away from him. Psalm 40 is a reminder of how he gets us through the troubles. If you're going to persevere with Christ, you must know in advance that you will face times when you are in the pit and you must know what to do when you're there. Rather than turning away from the Lord, you must learn to turn to him to rescue you from life's pit. He takes us out of the pit with clay and mire and he puts us puts a firm foundation under our feet. This is not a lament song where we cry out for God because of uncertainty. Rather, we stay focused on God with expectation that he will deliver us from our trouble. The troubles that we're going through today with COVID-19 can create doubt and uncertainty. I want us to know that we will all indeed be able to rejoice and sing a new song. And even beyond the pandemic, there is something that we are waiting for. We must not forget that our Lord Jesus promised to come back and restore his kingdom. What is our posture as we wait for him, waiting patiently for the Lord? Um, I want to close with the declaration that uh, James makes in, in the beginning of his, his letter. This is James. James 1, 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its works so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you for again, your words in Psalm 40. These are extraordinary times for us as we face uncertainty in this pandemic. Whether we are confronting physical illness or danger, financial distress or despair, feelings of guilt or sinfulness, family tragedy, 
political tension or turmoil or facing difficulties uh, with uh, difficult relationships, we do oftentimes feel like we're trapped in a slimy, dark pit filled with clay and mire. During these times when we feel trapped and helpless, we pray, Holy Spirit, you remind us that we are not alone and that you protect us and that you lift us up and you set our feet back on firm foundation so that we can get out of the pit. We praise you for your sovereignty and we praise you for your promise that you will never forsake us. We love you and we will always sing of your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.